No! I'm having a day. Sounds like it, man. What are you eating? It sounds good. Oh, sorry. Um, Good and Gather Probiotic Fruit and Yogurt Trail Mix. Ooh, trail mix. Dried sweetened cranberries and blueberries. Yogurt-flavored cranberries with probiotic almonds and Greek-style yogurt confectionery chips. Yogurt chips. I guess so. They're from Target. It's like Target's like organic brand, and it's amazing. Mm. I could go for some of that. I think right now I'm just running on whatever alcohol was still in my system. It makes my it's keeping me alive. Makes my butt leak though. Trail mix? No, well it's probiotic, so it's like oh, <laughs> I'm like midway through the day, I'm like ooh, a little moist down there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, typically we just call it swamp ass, but I think you're alluding to something a little more sinister. <laughs> yeah, target just that. Try not, just try not to guff and follow through. <laughs> oh, God. All right, give me one. Okay. Okay, sorry. Just had to uh, snort up a loogie. You had to do a line of blow to get, you, to get your face started. Yeah. How else could you possibly get your day started? I remember those days. All right. Let me get some of this stuff out of the way. I feel a sneeze coming on, but I'm just going to ignore it until I can't ignore it anymore. All right, let's get this started. I just burned my mouth with this fucking tea. <laughs> so and you're having a rough morning. <laughs> oh my god, tell me about it. I woke up this morning. It was probably like 6 a.m. and I, you know, I was obviously completely passed out. But I, I felt Odie jump into the bed and just curl up into me, jamming real hard. I'm like, okay, whatever. He's got to be cold or something. So he's laying there, and like an hour goes by. I just start to go back to sleep. And then I, I wake up to him going, <laughs> and he's like in the bed. And I go, ah! I jump up, I pick him up, I put him on the floor, and I'm looking for something to put under him so he can throw up on not the carpet. I'm like scouring the room. I found one of uh, an old blanket that he lays on. I'm like, yep, this is it. So Odie had a rough morning this morning as well. Poor guy. What was Odie drinking last night? Um, I don't know. Uh-oh, I've got a visitor now. Porcini has entered the building. <laughs> What's going on? Holy shit. Okay, guys. 
Welcome to All You Need Is Blood, episode number 109. I'm your host, Ryan Tudelo, and joining me are my co-hosts, Mike Whittemore and Shane Smith. Mike, I almost forgot your last name there. That's fine. <laughs> Most people say Whitmore, so. Is it Whitmore? It's Whittemore. It's two okay, T's good. and an A, so it's Whittemore, you know? Yeah, oh, sure. I was going to say, have I been saying your name wrong for like a hundred episodes <laughs> or whatever it is? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I felt bad. This I did that to somebody this week. We had a, a, a new guy start at the shop and, you know, I asked somebody, I'm like, hey, what's that new guy's name? And they're like, oh, it's uh, Morris. And I go, Morris. Okay. You know, I can remember that. And uh, so I'm talking to him for like a whole day. I'm going over stuff with him. I'm like, hey, what's going on, Morris? Blah, blah, blah. And, like, uh, the next day I come in, I was talking to, well, one of the other guys there. And I was like, oh, that guy, Morris, over there, he's a pretty nice guy. He's like, well, Morris, his name is Maurice. And I go, <laughs> oh, no. Now I feel like an asshole. So now I got to go and apologize to him. I'm like, listen, I'm sorry. I was calling you the wrong name all day. I didn't know. And he goes, oh, no, no, that's okay. My brother's name is Morris. And I'm like, wait a minute. Your name is Maurice and your brother's name is Morris? <laughs> that sounds like a thinking? TV show. That doesn't sound real. <laughs> So I'm I'm known to do that, Mike. So if I have been calling you the wrong name for like eight years or whatever, just let me know. Nah, I find it funnier this way if you do call me the wrong name. <laughs> My name's not even Mike. Uh oh, it's Mikhail. Yeah, sure. I'm too tired to come up with something witty. So awesome. So how are you guys doing today, Shane? What's been what's been going on with you? Well, <clears throat> last weekend, um, it was my birthday, and, um... Happy I, birthday to Shane. Happy birthday. I like how Shane paused for a second to give <laughs> us a chance to give, wish him a happy birthday. Well, you did, Mike. Ryan didn't. Um, yeah. well, you did last week. He's got a, he's got a tally. <laughs> yeah, Shane's always Ryan. the first person to wish me a happy birthday every year. Because he's like the only person I know overseas, <laughs> so it, like <laughs> my birthday hits him early. Yeah. So um, basically, what happened? Well, it was my birthday last Sunday, and it was quite funny. Saturday, I was eating a bowl of ramen, and um, a tooth cap that I had on a wisdom tooth basically broke off in one chunk. And I thought nothing of it. I thought, oh, it'll be fine. I'll go and get it checked out during the week. You know, we'll get it recapped or whatever. Um, Sunday was fine. Monday morning, I woke up with the most unimaginable searing pain in my jaw. And um, it was basically where the the cap had come off my tooth. And I brushed my teeth and toothpaste got into the hole, into the cavity. And it just created, like, horrendous pain. Um, I spent Monday trying to get through to the dentist to get an emergency appointment with no avail. Did the same on Tuesday. Was lucky enough to get an appointment on Wednesday. Got the tooth recapped. And the pain just got worse and worse. So basically, I have spent the last week in unbelievable pain. I've barely eaten. I've barely drunk anything. 
when I've managed to drink water, it's just been so fucking painful. Um, and it's like been close to tears. Uh, barely slept. <clears throat> and then um, I spent the last two days, or the last three days, trying to get an emergency appointment to get the tooth removed. And this is the kicker. Friday morning, I could have got an appointment um, at a dentist 32 miles away. <laughs> but because I don't drive and there isn't a bus that takes me to this place 32 miles away, I had to sit and suffer in silence. Good God. And um, I basically was just, every time I tried to eat, I couldn't open my mouth. So I was trying to force my mouth to open and all the muscles on the left-hand side of my face had basically constricted so badly I could barely open my mouth. I had an ex-girlfriend like that, too. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, I could barely open my mouth. So it was uh, was yesterday. um, I woke up in the morning, and it was almost like there was no pain whatsoever. The face was still a bit constricted. Um, You know, I could feel the muscles working away and, like, the swelling going down because my face had basically swollen up to twice the size as well. Um, and I've been rubbing this ibuprofen gel into my face to help with the swelling as as well as taking like paracetamol, which is like the UK equivalent of aspirin. Um, and then last night I, um, basically sat there for the first time in a week, completely pain free. Um, this morning I woke up, no pain. No pain whatsoever in my jaw. Muscles are still a little bit constricted, but the swelling is still going down. And I feel okay. Shane, you're supposed to say you're in immense pain, but you're pushing through just to record the podcast. Because that's how dedicated you are. That's because I'm fucking hardcore, mate. That's why. (laughs) Um, Tooth pain is the worst pain. It fucking is. It absolutely is. It's worse than the time when I um, broke my elbow. That sounds like it sucks, Shane. It I'm did. I'm glad you're feeling better now. I am feeling better. And the beauty of it is, um, I had a massive shit this morning where I hadn't been <laughs> able to have one for a week. And I just woke what? up and I was like, I need the toilet. And it was like, this is fucking bliss. What does that have to do with your tooth? I haven't been eating. Oh, okay. So, you know, I managed to eat something last night, and this morning it was just, it just dropped home. It was just like absolute fucking bliss. And I was so happy. So, yeah. Other than that. Awesome. Yeah, other than that, um, been watching movies, listening to some tunes, and <clears throat> obviously... I haven't really been going anywhere because, like, being in a lot of pain in the last week. But, you know, I'm all good, man. Good. Hmm. How about you, Mike? You been up to anything recently? Um, just really working a lot and um, trying to play games and watch movies on the side. 
Um, I'm, I played through Mass Effect, and I'm trying to play it again on Insanity, but the enemy's health regenerates now on Insanity only, so I may say screw this. Because I'm seeing more and more people's opinion on Reddit, and they're like, I'm getting older, and I don't feel bad about playing games on easier difficulties anymore because I don't have that much time. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, you know what? Am I really going to keep pushing through this game? You know, Mass Effect's like a 20, 25-hour long game. Am I really going to play it on Insanity too? I'm like, I doubt it. So uh, <laughs> some other games came to Game Pass. I'm trying out this uh, Raji game. It's called An Ancient Epic. That's like an uh, like an Indian uh, like folktale game, which is actually pretty neat. Uh, other than that, uh, I've just been you know buying records. I was real stupid, and I pre-ordered this uh, Gears of War soundtrack Ooh. from Laced Records, and it's the first three Gears of War uh, games on the soundtrack, and it was. A lot of money, and I'm stupid, but, you know, treat... Yeah, Gears of War. Soundtrack for Gears of War was awesome. Yeah, that's... Like, my buddy and I were playing through all of them on the hardest difficulty. And he's not a huge fan of the fourth one. And I'm like, dude, you gotta give it, like... The one thing about all these games is the soundtrack is just on point. It's so good. And uh, I so I needed the vinyl for that. It's not a want, it's a need, you know. Right. How, how could you possibly go on without that? Yeah, exactly. I I can't live without that. I don't know how I did before. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I've just been just working a lot. A lot more people are coming back to the city, which is good to see. A lot more tourists, a lot more homeless people. So Chicago is healing. <laughs> The cycle is back. Yep. I, I am just beating this cat up. She is all over me this morning. <laughs> Can you guys hear her purring? No. Oh, she's going nuts. Leave me alone, Jeannie. She's, um, <laughs> she's a happy dude. Oh, How yeah, about you, Ryan? What, what have you been up to? Uh, let's see. Uh, playing through, you know, five or ten minutes of Dark Souls at a time isn't really working for me. I <laughs> know. It's like, oh, I got like ten minutes to kill. Maybe I can beat this boss in ten minutes. Nope. All right. <laughs> I'll try again tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, I've been playing through that. I still got more to go through. But I, I've been I've been making my way through it. I, uh, I started listening. I don't even know if I said this previously. I started listening to uh, the audiobook of Dr. Sleep. Cool. And it's yeah, pretty I don't good. I have, I have not. What was that Mike? I don't think you mentioned that before. No, I don't think you have either. Yeah, so I started listening to that, and I'm enjoying it. I have not watched the movie yet. I wanted to go through the book first because I just read The Shining earlier this year. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll do like a double feature. I'll watch The Shining and uh, and Doctor Sleep. Do you know, I loved I loved Doctor Sleep. I thought the movie was amazing. Mm. I've not read the book. But, um, you know, obviously I've read The Shining, I've seen The Shining, you know, and I love that. I love those movies, but, um, and I love the book. But watching Doctor Sleep without seeing the film, I will say I absolutely loved it. It was one of those movies that really surprised me 
because I wasn't sure where it was going to go. And I just thought the atmosphere was fucking perfect. It was great. Yeah, yeah really enjoyed that. <clears throat> yeah, the book's good. It's the first um, modern Stephen King book I've like gotten into. You know, all of his other stuff that I usually read or go back to is stuff written in the 70s, 80s, or even 90s. So it's kind of, uh, you know, interesting to get one that's actually, it, it, it's written and takes place after 2013. Yeah, so. I will point out and say to you, Ryan, that the film differs slightly from the book, um, um, especially towards the end, because mm-hmm. they did things with the film that they couldn't do with the original Shining. And they incorporated it into the story for the new Doctor Sleep. So you mean you mean things from the Shining book? Yes. Oh, things, okay. Yeah, the things from the original Shining book that Kubrick didn't do for the movie, they've actually done for this in a roundabout way. Interesting. So um, be prepared for that because I didn't know until after I'd actually finished watching the film and I did a bit of research on it. But it is nice. I thought the movie was fucking awesome. It was very rare that I will give a movie a ten out of ten, and I gave that movie a ten out of ten. Wow! Mm. And that was completely. I bought it on a blind purchase. I thought, oh, Doctor Sleep, that's cheap. I paid seven ninety nine for it on Blu Ray, and I thought, right, I'll get that home. And it was a couple of days before I watched it, and everything about it was just superb. You know, the atmosphere was right. It was creepy. You know, the surroundings around me were kind of intense and creepy and, like, really eerie. And the film suited the mood perfectly. And I've seen it several times since. And I still rate it as one of those great movies. And I love it. I really enjoy it. Plus, it's got... um, I mean, Ewan McGregor is really good in it, which um, is surprising. Um, and, uh, oh, what's her fucking name? Um, Rebecca Ferguson. She's fantastic in it. Mm. Yeah, like, I'll, uh, look forward to watching that once I get through the book. So that'll be pretty good. Uh, I also started watching again, uh, Samurai Jack. Um, and that is, like, the most beautiful fucking cartoon. It's it's like the newest season? No, that, so I didn't even know there was a newer season. I just started, like, playing it on HBO because it was there. And uh, I was talking to Miles, actually, yesterday, and he's like, oh, you got to watch the new season of it. I'm like, what? <laughs> Dude, like, <clears throat> my buddy, I don't want to get into a tangent, but my buddy introduced me to Samurai Jack, and that show is just gorgeous. It's However, yeah. the newest season is... Uh, I don't want to like give you any spoilers, Rob, or anything, but like the new season is like each episode is basically a work of art, dude. It's great. It's way better than the other seasons. Really? Uh, there's some things. There's some things I really didn't like about it, but it's it's awesome. It's really really good. Like I think right. there's like an episode where there's like no dialogue for a good portion of it. It's just like him, and it's just oh, it's so good, dude. Yeah, I love that show. It's it's fantastic. And I probably haven't watched any of it since, you know, it was originally airing in, like, whatever, 2002 or 2003. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good. Good stuff. I love that. 
Other than that, I think that's probably about all I've been doing recently. Not a whole lot. So, um... I should probably do the intro that I didn't do. Oh, yeah. Or if you made it this far, you'll know that on the podcast we like to discuss horror movies and talk shit to each other, various other nonsense, including but not limited to music, movies, games, comics, whatever else happens to come up. We're the official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. Our Gmail is AllYouNeedIsBloodPod at gmail.com. Facebook group, All You Need Is Blood, and Instagram account, All You Need Is Blood Podcast. And if you're listening to us, uh, it's probably on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, some various other ones. Just type in All You Need Is Blood and subscribe. Good job, dude. Yeah, I got it. So, oh, I can't even do like my smooth transitions like I normally do because I don't have my windows open. Let's get into some news. News. <laughs> so we got some we got some good stuff here. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, you probably did, but did you guys see the trailer for Jackass Forever? Oh my god, I can't wait! The, for- the fourth Jackass movie. I am I'm like in shock that some of these guys are still fucking doing this nonsense. Absolutely. I'm, and I'm like very pumped for this. Oh yeah. Every time a Jackass movie comes out, my buddies and I go and see it in the theater. Obviously besides like the very first one, but like we have gone to the theater for every Jackass movie and uh Bad Grandpa as well. And I remember the scene in Bad Grandpa where he shits on the wall. And it was so unexpected. I was like in tears crying in the theater. And then on the uh, opposite side, I think, I don't know if it was Jackass 2 or 3, but when Steve-O drinks that sweat, dude, I was so close to puking. I was so close. My buddies were like staring at me because they thought I was going to throw up. It was, just thinking about it is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> was it the the horse semen in part two? No, th- uh, this was the fat suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that one didn't do it to you? Oh, no. That one, it didn't. Because, you know, I've never, you know, I, I mean, at least to my knowledge, I've never tasted horse semen. So I'm assuming <laughs> it just be warm. So, but the fat suit, like, I know what, like, sweat tastes like. Uh, and knowing it's somebody else's, I think uh, it's way worse. <laughs> I think one of my favorite ones, I think it's in part two where they have the fart helmet. Maybe it's part one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the helmet on yeah. and the guy's supposed to fart and he just takes his shit into it. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, man. Yeah, so I'm excited for some of the dumbest shit ever. There's one shot in that trailer that shows uh, Knoxville doing his, um, where he, like, whatever, he's dressed up like a matador to, like, fight the bull or whatever. And he's done that a few times, but he gets hit in this. There's no way his entire hip didn't get shattered into glass from that hit. Oh, I know. I was like, he's done. That's it. Holy crap. The scene, the, looks, the spot in the trailer insane. when uh, <laughs> he's Knoxville's dressed up as the old man and the, the fat guy comes and he jumps on the thing and Knoxville goes into the ceiling. For some reason, <laughs> I just started cracking off at that part. Just imagine seeing that in a store and you don't even know what the hell's going on. 
Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'll have to check out. The, I'll have to go back and revisit the old ones, you know. Yeah. Just to refresh my memory. So what else we got here in the news? Um, apparently, they, they've got a new Masters of the Universe um, cartoon. And apparently, everyone is pissed off about it, I guess. I'm not, not going to spoil anything because I did read something, but apparently a uh, one of the one of the big characters dies very early on, and like everyone is furious. Like this show sucks. Yeah, I, um, somebody who we know as a member of UHM over the years posted um, a, a status on Facebook earlier today, and um, he didn't put any post uh, post any spoilers. So I commented, yeah, thanks for the spoilers. I haven't watched it yet. And he then commented that he was very apologetic and he his brain wasn't quite fully working and, you know, he couldn't be more apologetic. And you know what I that's just, like, to have your brain yeah, not fully working. Yeah, and I just didn't reply. I thought... Yeah, well, that's, no, I, that's horseshit, number one. You know what you're doing. You're posting a public status about a spoiler. Yeah. Like one of Val's friends uh, spoiled Star Wars. Uh, um, what is it? The Mandalorian season two. Like the the season just came out like a couple days prior and she posted a, a spoiler about like one of the last episodes in the season. And you're like, really? And then she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then she deleted it. It's like, well, it doesn't help me now. I hate when people do that. Yeah, right. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Oops. I accidentally typed out this two minute long thing and, you know posted it son of a bitch so uh but apparently everyone's furious at it and that's the one that i guess uh kevin smith produced or wrote or something i don't know he's involved somehow is there like i see a lot of people and i don't know this full story on it but the the master of the universe thing a lot of people are saying it's like uh like woke stuff i don't know yeah, no I, idea. I didn't know if anybody knew anything because ever I saw a interview with Kevin Smith on like Conan's podcast, and everyone was just bashing him, like he's so woke now and blah blah blah. He's a turd. I'm like Jesus. Whose cereal did he shit in? You know. <laughs> he's a turd. I just saw. I just watched an Impractical Jokers where he showed up as a guest. <laughs> he's. I love Kevin Smith. He seems like a super nice guy. <clears throat> Oh, man. So, yeah, that's going on. Uh, Shane, you posted a link that Pam Greer is going to star in the Pet Cemetery prequel. Yeah. That's a prequel to the remake they came out with a couple years ago. Yeah, I'm really dubious about that because that prequel fucking sucked. Um, or that story, that remake f was just dire on all levels. Um I don't know what they're going to do with it. I mean, I read the article. Basically, it stated there's no story synopsis as yet, but she has been signed on to be one of the main characters in the film. So we don't know if it's going to take days or weeks or years before the um, uh, family from the remake turns up. Um, but why she is doing this is beyond me. Maybe she's broke. Um Maybe she wants to get a name out for herself. I'm back in horror. Check this out, kids. And then um, watch it all fail. But I probably won't watch it because I hated that remake so bad. Mm. 
I mean, just I mean, if I'm going to go off on one about that remake, I'll say it again. I've said it before when we talked about it on the podcast. Um, they took all of the good things from the original novel by Stephen King, threw them away, made up a load of bullshit, which made no sense. And they, the biggest insult for me was they got some shitty little indie band to cover and destroy the original track by the Ramones, Pet Cemetery, And it made me seethe. That's the worst part. <laughs> well, it was like the whole film fucking sucked. And then, then that was just like the final kick in the balls. Sure. That was sure. a pretty bad movie. Yeah. I'm not so looking forward to might as a... Well make a prequel of it, huh? Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously it made enough money. Let's do a prequel. Yay! I feel like More doing garbage. a challenge Bob and going to Hollywood and trying to halt the production in some way. They're going to say, get off our lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> point when I try and do the fucking giant silent bob thing and flee fat ass flee and I don't know oh, destroy man. the set or whatever so in other more positive news fellas uh pig starring Nicolas Cage is absolutely slaying it with critics right now it's got a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> what? And, an, and an audience score of like 83 good and for how crazy the movie sounds, that is very promising. And I'm so upset I haven't been able to watch it yet. And neither have I. So, yeah, it is playing at... Well, currently it's playing. It'll probably be out of the movie theater in a week. I don't know. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll have to wait till it goes on demand or something to be able to watch it. But I'm looking forward to it. Looks nuts. Uh, what else do I got here? Oh, the... Uh, the new gaming console, Mike, that you're very excited for, the uh, the Steam Deck was announced, which is oh, a yeah. PC-based portable game console, I guess you could say. Uh, it looks like a Nintendo Switch, and uh, it, it plugs into your TV, and you can play it on the move, and it plays, I guess, games in your Steam library. So, what do you think about that, Mike? I mean, it's a cool concept, but... I think it's just way too expensive. You know, you think so? Oh yeah, oh. it's uh, what was it? What was the price points like? Three fifty, five hundred, and like six forty or something. Yeah, and it was also advertised to have like between two and eight hours of battery life. I like that range between two and eight. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I was reading a little bit today that it has. Uh, it kind of does what the modern consoles do, or you can pick between performance or uh, visuals. So, I mean... Well, yeah, I mean, if it's if it's running Steam games, I assume you could go in and tweak any of the settings. Yeah, but I don't know. It's a portable thing, spending that much money, like... I don't know anybody, in my life at least, that would spend so much money on a portable console to play for potentially maybe two hours and spend like yeah, five hundred dollars on something but like maybe that. eight <laughs> yeah like how long does uh, yeah how long does a switch last because i don't think i don't even know if i've ever played it for more than like 45 minutes so you know, my un switch is like 
first gen. I got it in 2017 when it released. Yeah. And uh, it lasts for a good couple hours. But I also paid $300 for it. Yeah. And it's Nintendo. You know what I mean? I'm not, like, looking for this long-ass battery life. But if I am going to buy a Steam Deck, I am looking for long battery life because I could play these major games on it. Or you could play, like I do, Dark Souls from, like, 12 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. That's see that's different, but I mean you could play like modern like AAA games on this thing. It's gonna suck down that battery life. Oh, and big I time! S- I don't see how to justify spending six hundred and forty dollars on something that you're gonna have to end up plugging in. <laughs> it's just you know what I mean. It's it's redundant. Uh, the one thing that I don't get is the uh, the storage on it. So like the low end one has like sixty four gigs. That is nothing. You can't put shit on 64 gigs. Oh, I know. Like, what's a Call of Duty game? Like, 150 gigs? Yeah. Like, you can't use it. Okay, so those games are out. I mean, you could do expandable storage, but I just think that's, uh, in this day and age, that's way too low of a uh, entry point for uh, storage. Especially for something that's supposed to play video games. Oh, I agree. That's my opinion, though. But... Yeah, I'll see what it looks like. If, uh, what I really want is because it's like, since it syncs up to your Steam account or whatever, I could be playing a game on my gaming PC and then I can like go downstairs and sit on the couch and use the Steam Deck to pull right up where I last, last left off. And yeah. that's something that's very enticing to me. Yeah, that sounds pretty neat. Because I would love to do that uh, while Lisa's watching a show about people that live in Alaska. And I could just sit there and keep playing Dark Souls. Speaking of games, um, I did read something a couple of days back saying that they've announced a new Dead Space game. It's not new. It's a remake from the ground up. And I am rock hard. (laughs) Stiff. I'm stiff. Stiffer than a redwood over here. Because it's built from the ground up. It's a complete remake. And I thought Val was screwing with me when she told me. Yeah. Yeah, could it be good? Yes, it will, will it be, be good. Pro- probably not because EA is involved. Yeah, uh, and they shut down Visceral Games, who did the original uh, yeah. Dead Space games. So who knows? But I have to be open-minded with this <laughs> in order to keep breathing. So I think that's all I got, fellas. If you wanna, if we wanna move on to our main topic. Guys, got any other thoughts or news? Uh, nothing here. All right, well, let's get on to it. The Fear Street movies series, both, I guess you could call them. Um, so we decided to lump them all together in one episode, so we don't have to spread it out. And uh, I, I actually finished these yesterday as I was like cooking. Um, I watched the uh, the last one. So I'm pr- they're pretty fresh in my mind, despite not having a lot of notes written down. Um, so who wants to cover the first one? Hey, I'm assuming it. Shane will, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Shane, um, l- I- tell us about Fear Street Part 1, 1994, made in 2021. Right. Basically, um, I've never read the books. I've never read the Goosebumps books. Because um, I didn't realize that they were a thing in the UK. And um, 
obviously being slightly older than a teenager, um, when the books did eventually come out in the UK, I just looked at them and I thought, oh no, I won't read them, I won't touch them with the barge pole. But um, watching these films as a complete novice to the Goosebumps um, books, you know, I was I was anticipating these. I was thinking, yeah, I'll give them a watch because the trailer looked really good. And I thought I'll definitely give it a go. Um, basically, Fear Street Part 1 starts off with um, a, a group of teenagers, school, to, school, school children, um, basically end up, they're rival, it's like rival towns. So you've got the Shady Siders, and then you've got these other guys from another town, and they kind of... Um, Sunny something is the other one. Sunny, yes. Sunny Vale? Sunny Vale. There we go. Why did I? Oh, why did I think of Sunnydale in Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Like, ooh, you know, comparison or what? But um, yeah, Sunny Vale and Shady Side. They basically they have been competing at war with each other for decades, centuries, really. Um, and what happens is they end up getting into a bit of an argument with a couple of the people. And the, but what the shady siders um, attempt to run a school bus with the sunny veilers off the road by giving them a bit of a, a bit of a fright. So basically, one of the girls um, in the film, who was Dina, she gets the water cooler, opens the back of the bus, and ends up accidentally throwing the um, the water cooler out, causing the car. And the occupants to veer off the road, causing getting them injured, etc., etc. So basically, stop the bus. They go to check on the people in the car, and in doing so, one of the, the girl who was in the um, in the car, and I think it was uh, Samantha Sam Samantha Fraser, um, who also happens to be the love interest of Dina gets out of the car, bloody nose, and ends up, re, um, she ends up resurrecting or waking up the spirit of an ancient evil that is responsible for a series of murders that have been plaguing the town for over 300 years. And, and then it all goes, it's very interesting um, because it all goes around the town, the inhabitants, the story of how this all came about and then trying to figure out what is happening. But also, and this is what I liked about it, lots of all these murders that are going on, it starts off with Maya Hawke and a couple of her friends in the mall in Shadyside. And spoiler alert, Maya Hawke getting offed by this guy wearing a skeleton uh, suit. And uh, it all stems from there. And then there's one guy, this copper, um, oh, what's his fucking name? Nick Good. He's the one who's, who's like doing the investigation and stuff. And he basically tries to figure out where it's coming from, who's done it. And then they pinpoint a murderer who turns out to be this guy called Ryan Torres, who was working with um 
Maya Hawke's character Heather in the mall. So they pin all the, they pin the murders of these seven of these few people from the mall on him, although he'd been shot dead. Um, this is where it starts to get really interesting because in the story itself, as it's developed with this witch, she the witch that was responsible for the curse brings forth all these other spirits and um there's not just one murderer there's six of the bastards so <laughs> so you know you, you start watching it and you see all these people um getting stabbed up and having close calls on stuff and the scene in the hospital i thought was really cool where Sam and Dina are basically having it out and, De- and Sam's boyfriend walks up and then out of nowhere he just gets a blade shoved through his chest. And you're like, ooh, this sounds interesting or this looks interesting. And I was surprised. So I thought hey, this is just going to be like a typical teen slasher aimed at teenagers. You know, you don't really see much in the way of stabbings and deaths and stuff. And it is mainly going to be implied and you just see the corpses. No, I was completely surprised because you get to see everything, all the stabbings, you know, all the people getting sliced up and what have you. And it's like these kids are just trying to escape and run away and figure out what the hell is going on in this film uh, or in the town and with these spirits. And there was one of the characters, one of the guys, um, oh, what was his name? I think it was Simon, the guy who played Simon or something like that. He was basically going for a piss because they'd just stolen an ambulance and they were outside the police station. So he goes to goes for a piss and he sees this young girl sitting on the floor you know, singing a song. And, um, you know, basically she then gets up and starts attacking him and slicing him and all the rest of it and not realising that she's actually one of these spirits. And then they managed to, I think it is, uh, Dina shoots her in the back of the head. And then I thought to myself, this is actually, visually, this is turning into something far better than I anticipated. Because you got to see the bullet wounds. Yeah, there was a CGI in there, which is fine, to a certain degree. And basically you just see her get up and her face healing and, you know, you're like, wow, this is turning out to be really cool. And then it all come, culminates in them trying to work out how they can stop these spirits from haunting them. And as it turns out, haunting the character of Sam, because Sam has been earmarked as the next potential psycho killer. Mm. And, um, you know, we can get into spoilers in a bit if you like, but it was like the whole scene in the uh, supermarket was, I thought, was fantastic. I thought it was really well done. And I'm just going to point out, massive, massive, geeky hard-on for me was the fucking soundtrack. The soundtrack for that, Shane. <laughs> the soundtrack was lit as fuck. I mean, from the opening bars of Closer by Nine Inch Nails, Garbage, Iron Maiden, Bush, Sophie B. Hawkins, Portishead, Cypress Hill, Radiohead, 99 Tales, White Zombie. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, and then you've got 
Prodigy, you've got Snoop Dogg, there's Roberta Flack, White Town, Cowboy Junkies, The Pixies, Sam Garden, and Alice Cooper. I mean, I was practically jizzing my fucking self listening to the soundtrack alone. <laughs> As someone who was in like the, the seventh grade in 1994, I was yeah. like, wow, this is <laughs> this is right on. Yeah, and the thing is, I think what appealed to me more about the soundtrack was this was all the stuff I was listening to back in the day. Hmm. So to hear stuff like that, I was like, oh my God, you know, just opening bars of Closer by Nine Inch Nails, my ears automatically went, ah, oh, hello. And I was just geeking out completely while I was watching the film. And I was like, this film is so cool. The soundtrack is fucking awesome. And I want the soundtrack on CD. Thing is, I've probably got every single song in my collection somewhere, but I just want that soundtrack CD because to me, that was fucking, that was a perfect mix of alternative metal, industrial, and grunge. Yeah, that was definitely, I think actually the soundtrack might be the best part of like all of these. And that's not yeah. to say that they're bad movies or anything, but oh, no. it's just. The soundtrack is fantastic on every one of these. Yeah. And I was suitably impressed with how they pulled it off. I mean, for me, I just really enjoyed what I watched because I kind of, I took it with a grain of salt. I took it as if it was a film aimed at teenagers who read these books from the Goosebumps. And it was like, um, whatever his face is, uh, what's his name? The guy you wrote. Or else. R.L. Stein. Yeah, R.L. Stein, yeah. So I just thought to myself it was going to be one of those movies that was catered to the kids who read those books. You know, so it wasn't going to be a gore fest or anything like that. But I was really fucking surprised by how gory this film was. Yeah, especially uh, that one scene at the end that you're alluding uh-huh. to. And I'm going to have to say, for me... We'll talk about it in a bit because I want to hear your guys' opinions on this. But that scene for me, I think that was probably one of the most unique kills I've ever seen in a horror movie. Mm. And I not only laughed, but I was like, fucking wow, that was awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, I I like this one a lot. Uh, Like you, I was not expecting um, the brutality like the kills were just like oh my god this is like a tween book like i don't know i mean i i read goosebumps when i was little i never got into these because i sort of skipped you know right from goosebumps to like stephen king and stuff oh yeah um, I, I i never really hit that i guess whatever i don't know when fear street came out the book series but that wasn't my cup of tea at the time so but yeah the 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 kills in this are great uh especially considering that you know, it's for teenagers. It's supposed to be, I guess it's supposed to be this, um, uh, you know, not an intro to horror, but like a, uh, a horror movie for teens. And I thought it was pretty mm. good. They've, they've got swearing. There's all kinds of drug use and weird shit going on in it. Yeah. And I think it sort it falls into the, um, uh, the, the, the sort of the, the line of movies that have been coming out recently, uh, like the it movie where they actually mm. treat, uh, 
kids and teenagers as if they're like full grown humans and they would yes. like to like swear and do awesome stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it all works. I really liked how uh this movie it was like a love letter to nineties slashers. Mm, even though and... Yeah, I was gonna say even though I'm not a huge nineties slasher fan, I think most of them are really like tame and yeah. they they don't have the extremes of the eighties. Um but I think they did a really good job sort of paying homage to that. Uh, the the yeah. intro especially. It looked like it, if it wasn't for the mask being different, that could have been part of a Scream movie. Well, yeah. I mean, this is it. I mean, I think uh, they kind of, they obviously catered to that because obviously it was, it was set pre-Scream. So cause Scream came out in 96. Um, and obviously this was, set two years previous so this in theory could have been like an, an inspiration for the screen movies in a sense if you get what i mean I but don't. um oh okay but um yeah i i just thought how they did it was really really clever and yeah i agree it's definitely a massive homage to 90 slasher movies yeah and i am a big fan of slasher movies anyway so I just thought it was really clever, really well done, and really enjoyable to watch. I admit, I will say, I thought some of it was a little bit slow in places. They could have, like, cut it for time. You know, they could have shaved off a few extra few scenes here, here and there. But, you know, overall, I thought the movie was really, really good. Yeah, I thought the pace of this one, actually, I thought it was pretty good. I This one moved along at a fast clip. I was never, like, bored or looking for how much time is left or anything like that, which we'll yeah. get to later in the series, but uh, I thought this one moved along really well. The only negative that I had on it was I didn't really like the way they set up the supernatural aspect of this. Like, it's it, it sort of... I don't know that it entirely fit in with the world that they were building. Like, there's just like, right. oh yeah, there's also a ton of magic, and magic's real, and you know, it, it, they didn't really keep the um, the mystery. Like, the, one of the big things about all those '90s slashers that they pay homage to is like they think they always think there's like a ghost or something supernatural going on, but it always ends up being like just a guy in a mask. Um, yeah. which is sort of just how the 90s ones worked. But in this, they're like, oh, no, no, it's definitely magic, and it's, like, legit magic. Right away, they get to that, and you're like, oh, okay. I don't know. I, I just didn't think that set, sat really well with the kind of world they were building. What did you think of this one, Mike? Uh, I thought it was really good, actually. Um, I... It, it was. It feels weird. This whole series kind of feels weird to me. Because it feels like I'm I'm going to watch Stranger Things, but there's a ton of cursing and yeah. gore in it, so it kind of throws me through a loop. Well, plus the girl from Stranger it. Things is in it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I just I don't know. I I liked it a lot, but I felt like. See, it's weird to me. I like I really liked everybody involved. Like I really liked the acting. I really liked the characters. They each stood out in their mm. own way. Um, I really like the writing for all these movies. The, the the way this is one big story and how they all connect with each other. It's it's really well done. 
and it gets very interesting as it goes through the centuries and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, it's hard for me to explain, but like, I, I just, I think what was holding it back for me is it did feel like a teeny, like a teenager type movie, even though it's, it is based on teenager books. Right. But I think, I don't know. I just find it weird that there's so much gore and swearing, but it's aimed at teenagers. I don't know. It just felt unbalanced to me in that way. I think if they kind of like went, just like really went for it, it would have been better. But uh, that's just my personal opinion. I'd still give it like a seven out of ten. I still really liked it. I, I was in the exact same spot. I gave it a seven as well. Yeah, same here. Actually, um, the only reason I gave it a seven was because I felt there were some there were I felt there were some pacing issues. I thought it was a little bit slow in places, mm-hmm. not by much, but I felt that they could have sped it up a bit better. And maybe explain things a bit better. But overall, the entire film I thought was superb. Um, I just thought it was a really clever take on a teen slasher movie. And they were kind of like, here's a teen slasher movie, but we're going to give it some adult, not proper adult style kills. Which leads me to the probably one of the best kills I've ever seen in a horror movie. Spoilers, by the way. Um, in the supermarket when they're planning to kill Sam to stop the curse is when their friend, uh, their friends are all running around the supermarket separated to try and help them out. But as when Kate gets attacked by Skullface and he slams, he stabs her, slams her head into a cake. And then finally, the piastre resistance is when he sticks her head through a bread slicer. I was like, I was watching it and I thought to myself, hang on a second, she's going to get out of this. She's going to get out of this. She's not getting out of this. Ooh, there we go. And it was just like this amalgamated mess of birthday cake, skull and brain coming out of the other end. I thought that scene was fucking awesome. And I love that you got to see it all. Oh, I, think, so I think they tried doing one of those scenes in every one of the movies. Yeah. Like, each one had, uh, I don't know, I guess you'd call it, like, a gross-out scene or something, or something that just has, like, a really cool kill or special effect in it. Yeah. And that was that one. Yeah, uh, that, yeah was, was, that was that was an good. homage to Intruder. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, right. with, the, with the bandsaw, the meat saw. Yeah, it's because it takes place in a supermarket and everything, and... Yeah. Uh, okay, I've no, I don't think I've seen Intruder. So oh, yeah, that's uh, I actually put the, the the bandsaw scene up on YouTube <laughs> if you wanted to see it. <laughs> I used it as a in a speech one time, so I had to put the the, the snippet up. Yeah, in but that scene was great. What speech yeah, were you giving where you needed that? <laughs> uh, what was I? I think it was like on practical effects or something. Okay, but yeah, no, I loved that kill. I thought. When I was telling people about it, it was like, Fair Street is really good. You've got to see it because it's got this one unique kill that is just amazing. And I actually, I, a few days back, I was going through Netflix and I was like, oh, let's just watch that kill again. You know, I just literally put on Fair Street 94 just to watch that kill again, just to watch that whole scene. For some reason, it really cheered me up despite, despite all the pain I was in. You know, it just really put a smile half smile on my face were you secretly thinking <laughs> about putting your own head in a bread slicer for your tooth i was at the time yeah <laughs> yeah 
seriously. But yeah, no, I just, I love that kill. I just thought it was so fucking cool. All right, well, let's go on to part two, guys. Uh, Mike, do you want to do this or you want to do the third one? I'll do the, I'll do this one. Okay, go ahead. So, uh, I'm trying to see how to transition into this one. So, at the end of Fear Street 1, they go see a uh, woman and they ask for her help. And this woman says that it's, you know, this has happened before. And she tells a story to the people she is entertaining at her home. And about 1978 and how she was at a camp called Camp Nightwing. And she's she starts off by saying this is this is uh, by the time this ends, this is I saw my sister die. So she's telling the story and it's it's a pretty straightforward story. They uh, it's about two sisters named Cindy and Ziggy and they're uh, one is a camp counselor and one is a camper and um, Cindy and her boyfriend Tommy Slater which is I think Slater is a callback to Friday the 13th part three no four Slater yeah it's that dopey looking dude he's like hey I really like you and I forget but that's what this this is what this guy reminded me of. So uh, Slater is just mopping a floor in one of the ca- one of the cabins, and the uh, nurse of the whole camp she comes out and she goes, "I saw your name. You're the next to be killed, and I'm gonna save you by killing you myself." <laughs> so obviously, you know, a fight starts, and the nurse drops her knife and. Slater was like, this woman just fucking came at me. And it, it goes into this this um, long thing where uh, Slater becomes ends up becoming possessed and starts killing everybody around the camp. So this is totally a callback to those Friday the 13th type films. It's, uh, you know, at a camp, it's just a slasher. Um, but there's a lot more going on to it, which I don't really want to get into. Um, so it's so hard because I don't want to like spoil anything. Um, yeah, it's definitely an homage to eighties slasher and camping movies, especially like sleepaway camp, you know, a hundred percent. Um, what I think is kind of weird is, like, I was shocked at, like, the the amount of sex they put in this movie. I was like, oh, yeah. oh okay. Like, like just like we talked about on the previous one on how they had, like, more gore than you would expect in a teen movie. This one's got, like, partial nudity and, like, a- people actually, like, not actually having sex, but, you know, uh, actors acting sex, like, on a screen. I'm like, oh, this is another, like, teen movie? Okay. <laughs> And I thought that kind of fit in with just the way in general that like eighties movies would always have like TNA and, you know, would just have at least one nude scene in all of them because why not? And uh, the nineties the slashers didn't have that. It was, you know, more tame. So I, I thought it was kind of interesting that this one, they were like, Oh no, we're definitely putting like boobs and butts in this one. So let's do it. Um, 
So that was pretty pretty interesting. I liked the shift in the characters. Like, a, a lot of the same cast returns. You know, they play, obviously, different characters, but they, they use the same actors that were in the previous film for different things. I, I liked that they did that in, in some places, and they sort of they mix them all together throughout the movies, um, you know, by, by mixing the cast up. And I liked, uh, what's her face, the girl from Stranger Things, uh, Ziggy. Exciting. Yeah, I thought she was really good. I wasn't really sold on her sister. Um, I thought yeah. she was more annoying. Like I didn't get her character really. Uh, but I guess the you know the 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 girl uh, the actress did a good job with it. Yeah, I don't um, really know why they made her into like a preppy. <clears throat> like they made her too preppy. Yeah, over the top, right? Yeah. <laughs> But the uh, the kills were pretty good in this. I liked my favorite part about this was how visceral they were. It wasn't like stabbings or anything. It was like blunt force trauma, like a fucking big old axe coming down on people, and they're killing kids left and right. I thought that was awesome. Any yeah, movie poor, that, that kills that poor kids, backhead. Oh my god. Yeah. And he poor Fatkin was just trying to do his job by protecting the other kids. Because in this movie, it takes place that... I think they mentioned it in the first movie where, it, like like Shane was saying, it's like sunny, shady side and Sunnyvale. But in yeah. this one, like, the, the kids from two different cities are coming together in one camp. So there's more competition between the two of them. And they're playing capture the flag while uh, Slater is out. <laughs> like with an axe and uh this one kid he's got all these other kids from the other camp and he's like holding him hostage and he tries talking to the one of the girls she goes fuck off nerd and uh this poor kid you know like and he's like oh, oh and he's just trying to like make small talk with her and then he hears uh something at the door and the kids end up escaping but then slater comes in and he just fucking rocks this kid <laughs> <laughs> that's brutal yeah i thought those were good um i was kind of hoping for more camp hijinks like i was i was a little upset that we didn't get more nonsense with like the capture the flag and pranks and stuff like that um i mean they did they did get into the killing relatively quick and like like the first one, I think the pace of this one, I think anyway, was it was pretty good. Uh, it didn't stall out; it just kept moving, and I was like constantly engaged. And it's so weird to say that that's like a positive of a movie, but I feel like nowadays so many movies just fucking drag that yeah. it, it's it's like refreshing when you get a movie that you can just sit through the entire time and be watching it and not be like, oh, I want to check my phone because I'm sick of looking at this screen. Yeah. And what kept me going through this is the story. And that's why it's kind of hard for me to explain like this movie's plot because it, it bases itself off spoilers from the first one. So if you haven't seen the first one, I don't want to be like, oh, you know, this, this and this. And it's it's so hard to explain. Like the third one is going to be kind of hard to explain in a way. Well, um, by then but... we'll be able to really dig into the spoilers, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've already watched the first two and you've made it this far in listening to this podcast, 
Uh, yeah, maybe we should just say, I know we're like halfway through this one, but I think overall the all three of these are worth watching and definitely watch them in order. Yeah, you you know? you've got to. You've got to watch Yeah, you have order. to. It's it's not like something where you could be like, oh, I'm more interested in the 80s one because nothing will make fucking sense. <laughs> don't just yeah. watch. Don't just go for the, uh, or not the 80s, you know what I mean, the 78. Uh, don't just yeah. jump right to that one. You got to watch the first one first. But uh, but yeah, what'd you think of the kills themselves, Mike? Um, I liked them a lot. Um, I've said it before, and you know, killing kids in movies has been is always kind of taboo. But and in this movie, you have a guy literally going around axing kids in the faces with yeah. no remorse whatsoever. Just butchering and children. <laughs> they didn't even do that with you know the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Jason kind of had. You know, he's kind of like, oh, I'm not going to kill kids, but he uh, he just went for it. I thought the kills were pretty good. Not as I don't remember any super gross out kills in this unless I'm misremembering it. Nothing really stuck out to me like the first one did. There was one good uh, yeah, again. It's a spoiler. I don't like toward not towards the end, but towards. Um, when, when they're running from Slater's rampage and, uh, he, he like meets him in a room. There's one, one good, uh, special effects scene. That's like, Oh, okay. I wasn't expecting that. Um, like it, it was like a de- decapitation, but it was, it was the perfect kind of decapitation where the whole head doesn't come off and it just like, it's swinging around the, on a uh, string. You're like, Oh God. <laughs> that was in the toilet, wasn't it? That was in the... Was that the bit when they were trying to get the kids out from the from the um, beneath the toilets in the cabin? No, no. Oh, that was a good one too. <laughs> I forgot yeah. about that one. <laughs> oh yeah, so did I. I completely forgot about that one. But no, I think there's there's some good stuff. I, they and they, I like that they do use uh, some practical effects in this. Mm. Um, there is some CGI sprinkled in it, but it's not obnoxious CGI. Which is uh, which is a bonus. Um, I don't know in this one. I mean, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem to me that the teenagers talk like teenagers from 1978. It it really still feels like it's teenagers from the 1990s. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's more like a minor nitpick thing. And I, I don't know. I wasn't around in 78. Shane, is that is that what teenagers talked like? I don't remember. I was four years old. <laughs> I, think like I, think I, I, more, I think I was at four years old. I was more interested in watching the Muppets cartoons and listening to music. I didn't really pay too much attention to my teenage siblings. Yeah. I uh, another thing that kind of bugs me is I do appreciate the music choices mm-hmm. uh, because it is fitting, but I think they do it too much uh, in these first two movies. Like the first movie, they literally go from one ninety song directly to another, <laughs> and in this one, they go from one seventy song direct. It's like, yes, we get it. It's right. The 90s. Yeah, I, I, yes, I, I, we I, get I, it. I, I like and it's, the soundtrack. Yeah, actually. Yeah, but I mean, it's the same songs you hear so many times. It's just, it's like, okay. Did yeah, they... I can see why they did it though. I can see why they did it because you had nineteen ninety four. It's like you had. Cowboys junk, Cowboy Junkies version of Sweet Jane, which was originally performed by Velvet Underground, 
and in the 1978 version, you had the original version done by Velvet Underground played as well. So yeah, I'm not like I'm not talking about that song specifically, but like yeah, it, like they just did it. They like kind of spammed you with all these like '90s songs and '70s songs, and it's like if they would have did that. That's one thing. Yeah, but you're being like, chased by a serial killer, and you bump into the radio, and it's blasting "Carry On," "Wayward Son." Yeah, yeah. as soon as I heard Kansas, I'm like, give me a break. <laughs> Did they play that twice in the movie? I don't remember. For some reason, when that came out, I'm like, didn't I just hear this? I mean, maybe maybe I'm confused, but I thought for some reason, or maybe it was maybe it was something else, and I just wasn't paying complete attention to it, but I thought I heard that twice in the movie. I'm going to have to say, though, I mean, in regards to that, especially with 1994, it was so fucking cool to hear White Zombie on that soundtrack. You know, more human than human. You know, the, the snippet in the in the film itself, and then having it play over the end credits, I thought that was fucking sweet. I mean, forget that, Shane. The, the kid was playing, I think, Castlevania Bloodlines on the Genesis. He was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was See, like, oh my we, god, bloodlines. We, we can all geek out about various things about this film. You guys can geek out about the gaming, I'll geek out about the music. Alright, fair enough. Although, yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, he was using AOL Instant Messenger in 1994? Oh, that's, yeah, that's a little too if, early. I, don't, it, I didn't even know it was around that early. But you say that... Actually, there were songs on the soundtrack for 1994 that didn't come out until two or three years later. Oh, really? <laughs> Prodigy, Fire, Prodigy Firestarter didn't come out until 1996. White Town, Your Woman, didn't come out until 1997. Wow. I picked up on these. I picked, I thought, hmm, that's okay, right. You let it slide, huh? Yeah, I just let it slide. For the context of the movie, it was actually really good. But, All right. All right, yeah, we'll let it go this time. Yeah, I'll let it go. Just the ones. Uh, oh God. All right. Well, um, overall on part two, Mike, what you what would you give it for a rating? Um, I liked it a lot. And what did I give it? I gave it an eight. Wow. Same. I was still Same. at like a seven on this one. At I, first, I was going to give it a seven, but I really liked the. Uh, how as soon as uh, Slater kind of becomes like not himself, that he just he doesn't really talk and he just becomes this presence that's just unstoppable and he just starts killing everybody. They didn't like make it so in most movies, Cindy is sitting there and she's like, Slater, it's me. It's me. <laughs> and he's just like he stops for a second, you know, and then he'll like, he'll, no, he just he just goes and he kills everything and everybody. I did like, too, that they put a sack on his head. I was like, yeah. okay, here we go. A little Friday yeah. 2 action. I like it. <laughs> Which? Friday the 13th is with Slater. I'm going to have to look it up. I'm going to because it's bugging me. I know. Uh, yeah, Tommy Slater. Oh, wait, that's Fear Street. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Mike. You can talk about the third one. I have to look this up. All right. I'll go into the third one, which is Yeah, great. let me just go for a piece first, guys. I've been holding it in for the last 20 minutes. 
right. This whole time I've been trying to buy an Atari Lynx. Oh, Lynx? The portable yeah. thing? Yes. Why do you want one of those? Well, my buddy gave me one, and I uh, this one comes with the box and manual and everything. Mm-hmm. And the guy down to uh, he wanted for originally six hundred, and I was like three seventy five. Jesus Christ! And he's like four fifty. I'm like four twenty five. He's like I can accept four twenty five. I'm like all right, we can do that. Where the fuck is this character? I am not. I am not like just. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of who Slater could the be. The dopey character, Friday the Thirteenth. Are you thinking of Shelley? That's that. No, I know who Shelley is. Trust me. Yeah, is Chris, it four? Are you thinking of or Crispin four? Glover's character? No. It might have been th- three. He has sex with that girl, and he's like, "I'm gonna build you a fire." Five. Was it five? Maybe no, maybe not. I don't know, Mike. <laughs> God damn it! I'm back, by the way. Well, we've gotten no closer to finding out <laughs> who the Slater in Friday the Thirteenth is, Shane. Okay. Well, the guy in the film was called Tommy, so maybe there's a re- reference to Tommy Jarvis. Yeah. He was in no, this guy's the name. This guy's name was Slater. I know it for a fact. Are you thinking of AC Slater and Saved by the Bell? <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you keep investigating. <laughs> I'll, let's talk about Fear Street Part 3, 1666. So, um,. And, uh, yeah, it is kind of tough to talk about the intro of this. So, um, in this one, it, we flash back to the 1990s, uh, right after all this, this sort of the, the intro stuff that had been happening in the prior movie. And um, our main character, what is her name anyway? I don't even know if I wrote it down. Dina. Her real name. Dina? Is that what her name was? Yeah. Yeah. yeah she. Yeah. Her name is Dina. Yeah. So... Dina and her little brother uh, are off to the spot where the girl first bled on uh, when she got the bloody nose nose in the first movie. They've sort of traced it back to that spot. And uh, she goes back there to uh, try to uh, remove the curse or whatever. She thinks she knows how to do it. And she ends up like getting herself sort of mentally transported back to 1666 um, mm-hmm. when the, the it's like the, the olden times and she is now occupying uh, Sarah Fear's body, Sarah Fear being the witch um, or that we're told is the witch throughout the previous two movies. And uh, this, this film is basically the backstory of um, Sarah Fear and Again, they they use like a lot of the, the <coughs> cast. They use a lot of the cast from the previous two films. They mix them up, shuffle them around, and stick them in in various places. And I like that aspect of it. I like that they, you know, you're sort of it. it it's weird that you don't have to like learn new characters because they're sort of the same characters that they were previously. Uh, they're they're all just acting the same. Uh, 
Oh, the only difference is that everyone has a horrible accent, and mm-hmm. the accents vary. Some people are like speaking with a British accent. Some people are speaking with like an old timey, like American accent, and some people are have like an Irish accent. <laughs> there was one this girl said something. I'm like, that's the most Irish thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't think she's supposed to be Irish. Um, so yeah, that's a little inconsistent and. Uh, even just the way they speak it, the real shame is that like, this is going to be compared to the witch, which is the greatest like witch movie and probably the greatest, you know, uh, old, you know, old timey, uh, colonies movie. Um, because they're not speaking with like that traditional dialect that they, they used in the witch. And it, you know, it's just sort of bastardized with like a little bit of a British accent put on. And you're like, Oh, well, that's not as good as I thought. Um, I thought in this one, the I was disappointed in the kills in this film. Uh, basically, our main character uh, goes out and goes to a party in the woods, which I, I, I guess maybe they did in the 1600s. A teenage party in the woods where everybody's drinking booze and eating berries. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, after a booze and drug fueled night, um, the uh, the Seraphir ends up making out with one of her girlfriends, and um, they uh, they get caught. And obviously, uh, lesbians are not allowed in the 1660s, so uh, they get into a lot of trouble. Um, and uh, the movie sort of starts to uh, spiral in terms of, like, everything starts going wrong for her. Uh, bad things start happening. Like, their well gets poisoned with a body and people are showing up dead. Um, and, you know, in in the movie, uh, Sarah Fear is trying to figure out what's going on. And she thinks it has something to do with Satan, but they don't really know. And I thought this was, like... It was a good opportunity to do the old switcheroo and have it not be by magic, but it was really just some, like, fucked up uh, thing that somebody was doing, you know, but but not using magic. I thought that would have been a nice twist, but they didn't do that. So it is magic because magic is in this world. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I wasn't sold on the kills. I didn't like the acting that much. And, um, I thought this, definitely the 1660s part is absolutely the weakest part of the series. I agree. And, I don't know, I I, I wish it was less, I, I, they could have gone one way or the other, they could have gone full in and made this an entire movie take place back then and, you know, change the characters around a little bit, build them up so they fit the period a little better. Um, but they really didn't. It This one came, it, it felt more like a short, and I spent a lot of time, like, how much fucking time is left in this? Like, I honestly thought that this movie was, like, twice as long as the other ones until I went back and looked at the timestamps, and I'm like, oh my god, they're all about the same length. I couldn't believe it. I felt yeah. like, I felt like this one was just taking forever. Um... But yeah, after that, after the entire flashback that then flashes back forward to the 1990s and concludes the story. Um, yeah. But I, I, 
before, I don't want to get into the full spoiler so you can explain the, you know, kind of the whole big picture of what's going on. Because you don't really find out the big picture until this movie. Like, all the pieces yeah. fall into place and they explain everything. So, uh, overall, this is the weakest one, I think. Um, what did you think of this one, Shane? See, I agree with you about that. Um, I mean, the 1666 part, although it was in comparison to the previous movies, that whole segment actually only took up about 45 minutes or so. It, it like, felt like two now. hours. It felt way yeah. longer than that. But um, overall, I actually didn't mind that. I thought it was quite interesting to see it go back to the start and how the curse was um, brought forward, and how the curse was made. And I thought that was quite interesting, especially how it covered um, everything about Sarah Fear and how it was all kind of like a, I am going to, I am going to broach some spoilers here, um, how she was set up um, by the character of Solomon Good, um, because it's the family line throughout the entire um, movies where it's the character of good is actually evil, you know, um, but I, I quite enjoyed that and I enjoyed the outcome of that scene, um, especially where she sacrificed, where the character Sarah Fear, played by the character of Dina. Um, <laughs> Wait, she, that's confusing. Yeah, well, it's the character of Dina playing in the, in the, in the role of Sarah Fear because she's seeing it from her perspective. So obviously, because that's the flashback and that's what she's seeing. But, you know, it was, um, I thought it was really cool how the character of Sarah Fear basically says, right, I will take the fall for this, but I will curse you and I will never let you go and I will never let you stop. And then it's taken over 300 years for it to finally come to fruition and how Solomon Good and his family are the ones responsible for the murders of all these teenagers and people being used as scapegoats for their power and the corruption in the town. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool. But what I really liked was when they skipped back to 94. So it was like, I remember what, I was just watching it and it just said Fear Street 1994 Part 2. And I was like, oh, hello. And then it was basically just bringing it back back up to date and like, right, this is how we're going to solve this. This is what we're going to do. And again, the soundtrack for that part, well, I thought was superb, especially with the offspring come out oh, and play. Shane, I That's... was just completely rock hard when that came on. I'm like, you're yeah, doing tell a, me about an it, offspring montage. That was like, yeah. oh, beauty, absolute beauty. That was so fucking cool. And I love that whole scene where they're in the mall and they've trapped the four of the spirits. And they're like, hang on a minute. Why is there only four? Who's that guy over there with the baseball bat? Um, who's that guy? Oh, shit. You know, and then it all comes together and they all get the plan together and then they deal with it. And I just thought it was really, really clever how they brought it all full circle and how they managed to end it there and then in the 1994 segment in part two. And I just, I really enjoyed that. I really, I just really enjoyed the 94 thing. 
mainly probably because of the soundtrack as well because i mean you know they used a lot of mu- they used all the music they used for the 1994 segments i was listening to back in the day so it was like listening to the offspring come out and play i was just like really fucking excited i was like fuck yes you know and i i thought to myself it was really really clever and yeah i agree um, the 1666 scenes, they were a bit slow, yeah. They, it was probably the weakest part of the entire film. But as a film on the whole, explaining the story, I thought it was quite well done. As, with how they, how they managed to do it, how they got it all written together, how it starts off in 94 with the kids going to the woman, to Ziggy, and like you know, getting her to explain what was going on and then getting her involved in the plan and then where it all goes tits up and then they're like, and they go back to how it was all explained and how it all started and then it goes back and then uh, I just thought it was really clever. I'll be honest, but when uh, when the movie cut to uh, that uh, Fear Street 94 part two, my initial thought was, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me, because I was, like, already exhausted with the movie. I was like, oh, I don't right. want any more. But then well, I was like, I, I, it quickly, be- I realized, I was like, wait a second, this was the stuff I liked. All right, yeah. let me ease myself back in here. Let's, let's, uh, let's try to enjoy what's going on. And uh, I thought it did wrap itself up. Okay, I didn't love the ending, but... I thought it was it was okay. Uh, Mike, what did you think about 1666? Uh, well, I fell asleep for like 10 <laughs> minutes in the uh, 1666 part. And you missed nothing? Uh, yeah, basically. And I, I rewound it. I'm like, oh, okay. But uh, um, I what I don't like is the fact that they have the characters from the first part come in to play characters in the third part. But they don't have, they have like, I don't know, it's weird. They don't have the characters from the first part playing characters in the second part, but they have the characters from well, the first part. Well, some of them. Was, like, wasn't the one of the bitchy girls uh, that was like, I think she was either a cheerleader or something. I think she was in all three parts as like a background character. Yeah, but like Ziggy wasn't, like Ziggy was in the third one too. I don't know, it just felt like Simon was there in the third, but he wasn't in the second part. Yeah, the, not, oh, not prominently, just... yeah. Yeah, and I just uh, I just wish they would have gotten new characters. I understand that she's seeing it from Sarah Fierce's perspective and all, but like having her brother be in there too with her, <laughs> and I'm like, why? Yeah, you're like, oh, I could you buy know? that in 1994. I don't know that I could yeah. buy that in 1666. Oh, yeah, exactly. And um, it didn't. I I didn't mind it. I thought it was like a, a pretty good story, but I just found. I liked the story up until that point because, you know, in the first two parts, I was like, so why is this like a teeny, like a teenage thing? It seems like it's pretty heavy handed stuff. It's like witchcraft and, you know, and people like getting revenge and stuff. And I really liked the story in the first part. And then like, oh, it's just because she liked, she loved a girl. And then she put a curse. Like, it's all because of just like love for a girl. And that just seemed a little... Like, oh, here's the teenage part of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I just, and I, I wasn't, in the first two parts, I wasn't really buying that the cop was crooked. 
like I get like it's like so heavy handed. Like good is actually evil. I kind of just rolled my eyes at that, <laughs> and then it started going kind of downhill for me in the 1666 part. But then they opened up with you know the 1994 part two, and uh, I was like okay, like Offspring started playing. I was really into it and stuff. I was like sick, and then it like. They have all the it then it felt more teenager e to me because like they're setting up these traps and stuff in the mall and there's no one around and the, the there's no police presence and I'm just like sitting there I'm just like this is kind of getting a little too a little too much like they're out some the and then you know in the first part they they showed that the the uh the possessed killers would like would walk right past you. And in this one, yeah. they're like walking right past everybody. And I'm just, I don't know. I just felt like it was kind of a, a cop out in a way. No, I think that was all to do with the blood. No, I, I understand it. But I'm just yeah. saying, I just feel like it was written as a, like a cop out. Like they're just okay. sitting there. And I just, I didn't know. I just, it went really off the rails for me. Yeah. I, the ending got way too goofy in my yeah. opinion. Um, but let's let's get into whole fucking spoilers, you know, for for everything. So, like, I, I understand. I I almost wished that uh, Sarah Fear like did sell her soul to the devil. Yeah, and, me too. And that you know she would she would use the her powers to be like running things or something because like at the end when it's literally just like a random guy like a normal guy with no magic powers or anything and they're like oh we just got to kill this one guy and then everything's solved and you're like oh so it's not like there's not this like you know magic thing where you have to do all this stuff and trickery it's like no i just got to stab him <laughs> problem solved yeah uh, i thought that was really lame i thought the monsters fighting each other was too goofy and not, I don't know, interesting. Um, I thought that was quite funny, actually. I mean, there's a time and place for, like, humor and stuff like that, but they were overloading it in this one little, this part that they had in here. The blood thing in general was real stupid to me. Yeah. It was real stupid. I just really wish. Well, it's like it's, you know, it's the original blood or it's this blood or whatever. And they're like throwing blood on different. I'm like, what is going on here? It's and they have like super soakers. I'm like, ah, OK, the first like two parts are so much like swearing and gore and like this and that. And this one, you know, you want to do spoilers like good gets stabbed and they all just like disappear. Yeah, that, that's, that's it. so unsatisfying. Yeah, um, and the uh, with all that super soakers and stuff up, oh, I had a thought and I just lost it. Oh, I hate when that happens. Yeah, About you know, it, super soakers. It, no, I I just it came back to me. Oh. The whole like ending thing, like the the plan and the booby traps and all that stuff, it reminded me of something that they would have on like, "Are you afraid of the dark?" Like this is how we stop them all. We turn them against each other. Like that's the most teen thing, obnoxious little kid thing you could do, you know, as opposed to like all the brutal shit that was going on in the first two parts. I agree with you, Mike. They made it like way, way too sort of goofy at the end. 
and it's like such a heavy kind of a heavy-handed story you know if you think about it you know this this woman like you know cuts off her hand and becomes a witch you know she tries to gain revenge because of you know she was wronged in 1600s and but you know you just stab the the cop some generations later and everything's fine <laughs> can i say though um like going back to the 1666 part <clears throat> the reveal where the pastor after he's been uh, possessed and he takes all the kids into the church or into the chapel and everyone's like where are all the kids and he goes in they find that half their eyes have been gouged out and he's like gouged his own eyes out and he's just like completely gone mental yeah that was awesome that yeah, was, was great really cool. that that part was awesome and fantastic and everything and then you fast forward 45 minutes and they're like making goofy jokes in a mall i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> all these kids got slaughtered again and now it's like yeah super soakers we're gonna blast super soaker blood there's no blood on that guy he's gonna walk right past you <laughs> oh man what the fuck yeah, it's so weird that it ended like that yeah i don't know I... I enjoyed it for what it was. I just thought it was really clever. Oh, I, I also I, I have a note written down here. Uh, that one part in the end sequence when they have an alarm going off, I docked an entire point from the movie for that one scene. Why? For because for the alarm screaming, like I had to turn down the volume on my TV. Oh, I was like, what the fuck? Who the fuck puts that in a movie? That's like <laughs> pe- that's like people that have advertisements on the radio of like alarm clocks going off, like. No, not only will I never use your product, but I will actively ensure that you go out of business. <laughs> <laughs> so that it lost it lost at least a point just from that. But um, yeah, uh, worst one. I put this one at like a five out of ten. Uh, I think it was I, much worse than the other two. I still gave it a seven because there was parts that I really did like, like the eye gouging scene. And there was yeah. a couple parts in like the 1600s part where uh, I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. You know, I like how they went back to the 1600s. And there's a lot of things I did like, but there's also a lot of things I did not like. So I, I would still give it a seven because I really like the acting in it a lot. Yeah, oh, I, like, I, like I thought the acting year. was weak in the 1600s. I didn't like that. Yeah, well, it's they were trying a little too hard, like having all these. That's why I didn't want the characters to repri- like play other characters in the 1600s part because I already see Ziggy as one person, or I see Dina as one person, right. and now they're trying to portray themselves in like 1600s garb and and wording, and it did it did not work well. But I really did like the acting from uh, the guy who plays that Solomon Good and Nick Good and everything. I really liked him a lot. Yeah, um, he was good. He was pretty good. Yeah, he was just a drag off. He's man, that guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was cool for what it was. Was it necessary for them to go pick up the guy that was in the police station? And be like, hey, man, we're going to go kill Sheriff Good. You want to come? And he's like, let me get my jacket. <laughs> yeah, I like I liked that character, but I just found it a little too unnecessary. Like, yeah. Oh, we got to bring yeah. this guy in. Why? <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, what is he? 
Oh, it was kind. Of, I found that quite kind of funny because obviously Sheriff Good obviously had a thing against this guy, and he was always writing him up for something. Right. But so obviously. Is this guy going to go just... out of his way to contribute to a plot to kill the sheriff? He doesn't know anything about witchcraft or any of that shit. No, it was one of those rookie things is like, I'm going to learn on the job. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, just thrown in but, for comedy relief. Yeah, I, yeah, really I get it. Yeah, I understand why I was why about to say that, actually. I was about to say he was thrown in for comedy relief. But um, if it was one thing I didn't like about the 1994 part, it was the use of the Oasis song, Live Forever. Because as a whole, I hate the band Oasis. I've never <laughs> been a fan. And that's probably one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my fucking life. Um, but overall, I just thought the soundtrack choices for this one, especially with The Offspring and The Pixies, I thought was absolutely superb. Classic Offspring, too. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right, so well, let's uh, I think wrap this up. You guys got any other thoughts overall uh, on like the whole Fear Street experience? So I'd give the second one an eight, and I give the third one a seven. But I'd say as a whole like trilogy, I would give the whole thing a seven out of ten. Mm. I think as a whole, I would give the trilogy, but the writing, essentially the writing and some of the acting, I would give it an eight. Yeah, I'm probably lower than that. Uh, I think, I, I don't know if you went through my averages, it probably gets to like a six or so, but um, I enjoyed it. I would recommend it for anyone. I think especially teenagers. <laughs> teenagers should love this because it's dumb teen shit, and it also, you know, treats the teens like they're humans and lets them, you know, swear and do drugs and, and, and fuck and all kinds of stuff. So you're like, okay, uh, give the, uh, the movie's credit for that, for, uh, you know, actually portraying teenagers like teenagers instead of the goofy shit, how they always have in movies. Um, yeah, yeah. I liked it overall. I would say you should watch it, especially if you have Netflix already. I mean, what else are you watching? There's literally nothing else on Netflix to watch. <clears throat> and especially you watch 1994 because the soundtrack is fucking awesome. Yeah, and you're, you're going to want to finish the whole story, so you do have to watch all three. It's not like you can say, oh, just watch 94 and that's it. I mean, just think of it as five and a half hours in an evening where if you could binge watch a load of movies, just watch all three of these. Because then you get the whole story. Plus you get some good acting. Awesome kills in some of them. Especially the bread slicer, because that one stays with me, and I just think that scene was just perfect. Yeah, I didn't, in, and, in the third one, I didn't think there was any good kills. I mean, I like believe me, I like the part where all the kids were dead, but, you know, with their eyes gouged out and stuff. Uh, that was cool. Yeah, I uh, think, in terms of like yeah, that it, visceral, like oh my god, that was a good one. We don't really get that. I think that's going to be the only thing you're getting out of that one. It's the yeah, I, I did thing. like when she I got her think, hand cut off. I, I, yeah, I don't think you would have gotten away with seeing kids getting their eyes gouged out in that <laughs> be one. Fucking awesome. 
It was just a pile of eyeballs on I'm the talking floor. That I was just like... Pure Fulci, just right in on the eye. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, hang on a minute, that's a pile, what is pile of eyes so on the floor? That would be so good, man. If they just went full Fulci. And they just showed, like, in detail and, like, using a spoon or something and just, like, that would be <laughs> Oh, my God. And they got to do it, like, a dozen times. <laughs> How do we get the kids in here? Hey, just call your buddy in here while I just gouge at this other kid. Yeah, like, right. Everybody know. stay calm while I take this kid's eyes out. You're next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come here, you little fucker. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, good. Pretty pretty decent watch, I think, for this week. I'm sure we'll have uh, some more stuff to do eventually. Um, any other final thoughts or can we wrap this one up? I'm nothing good. I, yeah, nothing I can think of. All right. Well, we'll put this thing together. Uh, thanks for everybody for listening and Shade and Mike for joining me once again. And if you want to get a hold of the podcast, you can hit us on our Gmail. All you need is bloodpod at gmail.com. Uh, the Facebook group, All You Need Is Blood. And if you want to get a hold of me, I'm on Instagram, All You Need Ryan, and on uh, Twitter, at Ryan Tudelo. Um, also on Facebook, the upcoming horrormovies.com message board, you can find me uh, and wherever else I'm just happening to be hanging out. Uh, Mike? I do the All You Need Is Blood Instagram. I'm on the forum, Facebook group. That's, That's it. it. <laughs> Sounded like there was more. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm on the um, All You Need Is Blood podcast group page on Facebook. Dead Cell Society on Twitter and RoboGinge74 on Instagram. Not that anybody ever messages me or inquires about the podcast on there. You know, it's just, I'll just shout out. Just, yeah, some people don't even wish you a happy that's birthday. Unbelievable. I know what that, kind of um, a piece of shit would do that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Total wanker. <laughs> oh my god. All right, guys. Well, Shane, I'm glad you're feeling better now. Uh, go get yourself a nice big slice Thanks, of birthday man. cake. <laughs> do you know what I did on my birthday last week last Sunday I literally sat in my flat watching TV did nothing that sounds pretty good I that's my go plan out. for today I think yeah I didn't go out anywhere I didn't have anybody visit I just sat here watching TV and I was quite happy in my element oh and Ziggy ignored me yep. all day so which was kind of standard for him it was like hey Ziggy it's my birthday you know he just glared at me and walked off into the bedroom and went to bed it was like Thanks. That's what they're good for. Oh, yeah. Shit. All right, guys. Well, let's wrap it up, and uh, I'll just say bye for now. See ya. Laters. This fucking cat. That this cat's been touching me the entire time. I gotta take a huge dump. I had that whole bag of probiotic <laughs> almonds and cranberries and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's getting, uh, it's getting. You're going to be so bad. regular. Yeah, and I got work today, so I'm just going to get paid to poop oh, all day. Go. I'm good to go. I was talking about <laughs> uh, somebody yesterday about that, and they're like, oh, you poop at work? I'm like, yeah, of course I poop at work. <laughs> I have a coworker who refuses to poop at work. That's insane to me. 
That's insane. And you guys probably work. You've got fucking bathrooms everywhere. Oh, and they're great yeah. bathrooms, dude. It's like, it's super nice. You know, it's that all goes back to, you know, boss makes a dollar, I make a dime, and that's why I poop on company time. <laughs> I know. It's, to me, it's insane. <laughs> I, I have pooped in, like, the worst places. Like, you know, porta potties at a construction site. Like, you don't want to go in there, but, like, sometimes oh, you just got to take a shit. That's it. <laughs> 